and Mike Broomhead, Kirsten Cinema's going to be talking to you this morning. Yeah, About she. Minutes. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to talking with her. I know she's. Uh, she was. Ta- I'm with you guys. I was. Re- I really love the interview you guys did with her. I think I'm just going to copy all of your questions. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> the timing on that was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. She was due to come on the air with us just hours after she announced she was switching to independent. Yeah, and we've got. Uh, there's so much to talk about with the border issue and Title 42, so it should be an interesting conversation, I think. Thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Yes, at 835, about 20 minutes from right now, Senator Cinema will join us. We will talk to her about the border issues, the policy shift that may happen in Arizona, the lawsuit against Arizona with the shipping containers, Title 42, and what maybe the she, if she working with the White House on a plan for something else, as the California governor has even come out now and said that this is a disaster. So it should be an interesting uh, conversation, as it always is, with Senator Cinema. That's happening right around the corner. Of course, we got to start the show with the big news of what happened yesterday, and that is the raising of interest rates. And we're watching the NASDAQ is down a, a bunch, over 270 points to over 2%, uh, almost 2.5% this morning. The S&P is down. The Dow is down. Uh, S&P. P is down 2% as well, and the Dow is down 2% at 705 points. And and a lot of this has to do with not only, in my opinion, again, just my opinion, the announcement yesterday of raising interest rates is one thing. But when the Fed says um, this is not – we're not done here um, – and it is uh, it, it, there's going to be more interest rate increases that scares people. So I want you to hear a little bit of what Jerome Powell had to say about this um, and uh, about this. He talked about what they're trying to do and what this what they're trying to accomplish with these rate increases. I'd like to underscore for the American people that we understand the hardship that high inflation is causing and that we are strongly committed to bringing inflation back down to our two percent goal. So that's that's the uh, that's what they are hoping for. And we'll see if if it works. Um, There is I'm looking at something. One of the best sites to go to if you're looking for anything financial is zero res Um, retail sales. Big miss across the board, according to zero zero hedge. So retail sales down point six percent. Expect point uh, down point two retail sales uh, in auto down point two percent retail sales uh, in auto and gas. Uh, down 0.2%. Retail sales control group down 0.2%. Everything is higher than expectations, which is scaring people. This is the other thing. Jerome Powell talked about the job markets. Although job vacancies have moved below their highs and the pace of job gains has slowed from earlier in the year, the labor market continues to be out of balance with demand substantially exceeding the supply of available workers. And that's something that is confusing to me. Again, I'm not an economist, but it is confusing to me that with what's going on right now, that there are still so many people that are not out there working at some of these jobs. We know that there are a lot of people, we're seeing job numbers come out where people are working two and three jobs just to keep their heads above water. Um, and he's talking now about inflation. They still need more information. The inflation data received so far for October and November show a welcome reduction in the monthly pace of price increases. But it will take substantially more evidence to give confidence that inflation is on a sustained downward path. And as I was just talking about retail sales, Jim Ryan over at ABC talking about retail sales. Up until now, retail sales have been strong even in the face of inflation. But in November, the figure slipped six-tenths of one percent, according to new federal data. Tumbling car sales get much of the blame, as does a steep decline in sales of building materials. Meanwhile, Americans were spending more last month at bars and restaurants. So 
so this is a, a mixed bag, but it, retail sales have gone down. Here's a headline. Um, this is from the Tribune, the Queen Creek Tribune. New Valley House data may cheer home sellers. A big silver lining in Valley home sellers could be emerging in a dark cloud hanging over the Valley housing market. Um, it said this report, the Valley's leading analyst from the, the Cromford report, uh, reported on two trends that may ultimately spell encouraging news for sellers and dismal news for buyers. On one hand, it said it's weakening the housing market in three months appears to be slowing down. The overall deterioration for sellers is starting to decelerate, which is good news for home sellers, homeowners. And despite a significant decline in demand, building permits issued for new single-family homes in Maricopa and Pinal counties have plummeted, setting up a return next year to the same death in inventory to help propel the soaring home prices over the last two years. So... The question for me, it always is, it goes back to the American dream for me. The American people um, want to be prosperous. And the goal has always been, I think it should be anyway, opportunity for people. There's going to be failure. There always is. Um, we how many, how many stories do we celebrate when there's failure, when someone comes back, the comeback story of the year? We love those stories. And when that happens, you have to remember that there was failure that came first. So it isn't about um, – in uh, equal outcome. It's about equal opportunity because some are going to succeed and some are going to fail. I will tell you that when I was when the market crashed in 08 and I was in financial ruin with my company, um, I had a friend who was he's still a friend, but he was such a mentor through all of it. And he told me the stories of, of of what happened to him and some failures in his life and business and how he was able to come back stronger and smarter. And he's a very strong co- company now. But he was able to explain to me that this may seem overwhelming to you right now, but it's going to be something you look back on differently. But just keep on going and and get through it. And I ended up doing it. I ended up we ended up closing the company because the radio career started taking off. But I remember not sleeping for a couple of weeks thinking, how am I ever going to pay off this kind of debt? We are overwhelmed. We've got employees. What's going to happen to the people that are working for us? And, you know, all the mistakes then in my mind kept kept flooding back to me and realizing that, man, we're financially underwater and it was a terrifying place to be. And we eventually got on our feet and were able to slowly climb out of the hole that we had dug for ourselves. And when I look back on that time in my life now, I think, you know, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for that. A lot of people say that. But the lessons that it taught me along the way were important lessons. The the feeling of failure in that way and the terrifying fear of financial ruin at my age and thinking that, you know, what started out as such a successful venture turned out to be such a disaster for me financially. But looking back, there were some people that helped me along the way. There were people that gave me opportunities. And those things are, are, are critical in who I've become. But here with the economy, the way we're talking about the economy now, my biggest fear is when opportunity leaves. If these rate increases, when we're see, what we're seeing happening on Wall Street, if you're someone that's very close to retirement, this is a dismal time for you to see what's happening. For younger people, my biggest fear, though, is if recession comes, if we see a walking back of the economy significantly in the jobs world, if right, we start seeing things change because it's drying up out there where there aren't as many job openings as there are and opportunities for people. That concerns me. Now, Arizona is not recession-proof, but as we've been talking about for a long time now, and yesterday with the governor was a great conversation about where Arizona is so much better positioned 
to withstand a recession because of the diversification of our economy, but also the fact that we've worked so hard to make sure that we are we are giving people opportunities here. From the entry-level jobs to the high-tech, high-skilled, high-paying jobs and everything in between, there are opportunities that are going to be there in the short and in the long term. That is something we should be proud of. And I think if we watch – and I hope it doesn't happen – but if we watch other parts of the country watch their economy – fall further and further behind and industries and sectors that otherwise are being, let's say the construction world, I think construction is going to remain strong in Arizona where it may slow down in other places. The housing market, we are not taking nearly the hit that other parts of the country are. If that trend continues, this is where the big payoff and the way we've done things over the last few years is going to happen. But there is no doubt when the raising of interest rates happens that we also start seeing when mortgage rates go up and what it does to home prices, what it does to home values because people aren't buying. It's going to be a tough time. It is going to be a very, very difficult time for people. What we're going to do is in a few moments, we're preparing for an interview. We're going to have a conversation with Senator Kirsten Sinema. It's be the first time I've talked with her since the uh, decision to switch her affiliation from Democrat to an independent or other status. I want to talk to her very briefly about that just for a couple of moments. But I want to get into some of the work that she is doing on Capitol Hill, uh, Title 42, an immigration bill that she is a part of, the lawsuit here in Arizona. We're going to talk about a lot of that and the spending bill in the Senate. We'll talk about those things coming up here in just a couple of moments with Senator Cinema. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Big announcement by uh, Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema this, uh, this just in the last few days. She joins us now. Welcome to the show, Senator. Well, it's great to be with you, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to talk to you again. Have things kind of settled down a little bit since the big announcement? Is it what's the adjustment been like with with people's opinions toward what you've done? Well, Mike, this won't surprise you when I tell you I'm not really concerned with people's opinions. <laughs> what I'm concerned about is delivering results for Arizona. And so in that respect, I can tell you that not a single thing has changed, just as I expected. Um, so as folks know, I made my announcement last Friday, an op-ed in the Arizona Republic, and of course in a video explaining my decision. And I've been working um, just like I always work since that time um, and am really focused on solving the challenges and um, difficulties we're facing in the end of the year. So as you know, we've got to pass the uh, NDAA, which is the big budget for our military. I'm working to try and help get that across the finish line today. Um, And then we've got to finish the budget by next week. So I'm wholeheartedly focused on those issues. Of course, um, Arizonans know that I'm still continuing to work on issues like immigration and um, the border crisis. And I'm just going to stay focused on that work. How is the relationship? with the White House when it comes to the border because you have been critical of the White House and their handling of things. They are now suing Arizona over the shipping containers. How is that relationship and are you making headway with changes to their policy if you think they're necessary? Well, Mike, I do think that, that policy changes are necessary. And as the chair of the border subcommittee in the United States Senate for the last two years, I have repeatedly um, spoken with Secretary Mayorkas, other officials at the White House, about the crisis at our border. You know, this is not new for us in Arizona. We have been paying the price for the federal government's failure to address immigration and the border crisis for almost my entire life. So, uh, look, we all know 
that the current situation on the border is untenable. We know that it's about to get worse as Title 42 um, ends due to a court order next week. And that's why I'm working so closely with my friend Tom Tillis, a Republican senator from North Carolina, to try and address this complex issue and provide solutions for our colleagues. That was my next question. Can you tell us what this bill will do, the the, the bill that you are co-sponsoring? Sure. So Senator Tillis and I first extend the Title 42 authorities for one year. Um, And we do that because we know it will take time to set up changes to the asylum structure and to reinforce our men and women um, who work for Customs and Border Patrol right now. And so we extend Title 42 for a year. We dramatically increase um, hiring and funding for our Border Patrol agents, including a significant raise for them, so they can um, retain uh, good, good employees in the border regions. And we make major adjustments to the asylum system to reduce the incentive for folks to come to the U.S. without the intention of going through the legal process. We also end the backlog um, of the cases that are pending. Sometimes these asylum cases, Mike, will Mm -hmm. last for three to five years before there's resolution. Um, We also end the employment visa backlog, which is really important because, as you and I both know, many employers throughout the state tell me day in and day out that their number one challenge is finding qualified employees. And then finally, we settle the status for some of the dreamer population. Um, These are the kids who, as we know, at the ballot box in Arizona, um, we voters just decided um, that those young kids who are American in all but papers um, should get access to in-state tuition. Our bill would allow them to um, work and earn a path towards citizenship over the course of about 10 or 11 years. And that's what the bill does. So I want to ask, I learned this, I learned something this week. KTR News spoke to a young woman that is known as a documented dreamer, someone that was brought here legally by a parent but had to go and self-deport. And I don't know all the details. Are you familiar with this? It just seems to be another loophole in the system or problem in the, the hole in the system that needs to be fixed. Yeah, the problem with documented dreamers is really tragic. These are kids who were brought to the country by their parents legally. So when they entered the country, they had legal status. But over time, apparently there's there's no path for them to keep that status. And so they don't have the ability to work legally or um, or to kind of start families, to have the papers, to live here forever. And they're, weird, they're in this very weird limbo um, where they don't belong in any country legally. And it's, it's just tragic and kind of heartbreaking because, you know, these kids didn't do any of that. So they are also they are a population that we've got to address. And, and my opinion is those kids deserve a path to citizenship in the country. They the only country they've ever known. Senator Kirsten Cinema is joining us. Uh, we're talking about immigration. So in, in the context of trying to get changes made, it, it sounds like there needs to be almost a systemic overhaul. Do you think the bill that you are proposing will address enough of these issues or is this just a first step to fixing the entire system? Well, I'm glad you've asked that, Mike, because the reality is that our immigration system is broken throughout. And so this piece of legislation that Tom and I are working on with our colleagues on both sides of the aisle represents a first step. But it doesn't solve all of the immigration challenges we face in our country. For instance, it doesn't even address the massive shortage of farm workers that we have. As you and I both know, Mike, Yuma 
is responsible for nearly 100% of winter lettuce and winter greens for the entire country. And, you know, farming isn't seasonal in Arizona. We farm year-round. And we can't get enough um, American-born talent to do this work in our farms. It's backbreaking, difficult work. And so that's another example of a challenge that isn't addressed by our legislation, but sorely and desperately needs to be solved so that our hardworking farm workers, that our families who own farms in Arizona can get the employer the employment that they need to be successful. You know, in the world I came from in construction back in 2007, in that era, we were building about 65,000 homes a year in Arizona. And we're about half of that right now with a housing crisis. And it's labor force that's the big issue there. And I think it mirrors exactly what you're saying in the construction industry as well. Well, Mike, you're absolutely right. And you know from your own personal experience, the construction industry is a very, very difficult industry. And it's hard to find American-born citizens who are interested in doing some of that really difficult work. Right? Roofing in the summer in Arizona is no picnic. Um, And we have not been able to get enough visas um, to hire the folks um, from other countries who are skilled at that labor and are willing to do it. So this is an issue um, across the board um, in in Arizona. As you know, it's it's not just farming and it's not just construction. Mm -hmm. It's also in hospitality and it's in some of our high tech industries, right? So as you know, in Arizona, we're booming when it comes to solar panel production, semiconductor manufacturing, um, nuclear work. But we don't have enough American-born talent to fill even those high tech jobs. And that's just Despite the fact that we've got groundbreaking partnerships with universities and community colleges throughout Arizona to encourage people to study this field and to go into this area, we just don't have enough people to do this work. So we do need to do more um, adjustments to our visa system. But as I said, this bill doesn't even address all of those issues. It addresses just a few of them, um, like the Dreamer issue and the employment visa backlog. So we rep- we believe this is a start to much larger conversation. Are you? What confidence level do you have realistically that all of this work you're talking about, the spending bill, immigration, all of these things can get done before this session ends? Well, that's a very important question, Mike. And the reality is, is that we're running out of we're running out of runway. Um, we are in the middle of negotiating final touches to the NDAA right now. It is my hope that we can finish that legislation today. But that means we have to go directly to the budget, which is called an omnibus. And that will take four or five days to work through um, at the least. And, uh, you know, I don't see us starting that before you know, Monday, um, because it's just not quite ready. So we are running out of runway, but everyone in Arizona knows um, that I'm a person who puts my nose to the ground and just does the work. And so I'm just going to keep my head down, keep doing the work, and Senator Tillis and I are ready to work with our colleagues and we'll be ready to move this legislation at the earliest opportunity. So so what's more difficult, dealing with your colleagues in the Senate or running a, doing the Ironman competitions that you've done in the past? Oh, I would say that um, definitely working in the Senate is much harder. <laughs> I don't know that people know that about you. That's, uh, that is an incredible thing that you've done. How many have you done? 
I've done four full Ironmans. And um, to be honest, Mike, I don't even know how many marathons I've done because I've run so many. But it's somewhere in the 20s. Maybe, maybe close to 30. I don't know, wow. a lot. I've done a lot of them. Wow. Well, Senator, listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope you'll come back in the new year. I'd like to get updated as often as we can with you, and I appreciate the time this morning. Looking forward to it, and it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Mike. All right, thank you. That's Senator Kirsten Sinema spending a few moments with us. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Good morning, Gatos. Wearing long underwear today. Thanks for sharing. Freezing. <laughs> it, it is cold. Thir- 30 degrees overnight. Yeah, I got in my, my vehicle this morning to come in, and I had ice in my windshield. Second day oh. in a row. It's not why I came oh. to Arizona. It's not why that I came is, here. That's horrific. It is. That uh, is kind of my big cue today. All right. uh, temperatures in Phoenix have been dropping into the 30s overnight. I think, A, maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> B, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Or C, all I want for Christmas is for it to return to 70 degrees. Hmm. Yes, long underwear. Yeah, it's no good. No, you know, I need some long underwear with the footies in it. Now we're talking, then we're really talking. Well, you know, you need to to talk to Detour Dan and the pajama gram, maybe for Christmas. The pajama gram. Yeah. I don't know what that is. You don't know what pajama gram is? No. Is that, what do you, I don't like pajamas. I don't, okay. I don't like well, 90-year-olds well, wearing Well, listen, if you're wearing long underwear with footies, I want to break it to you. You're wearing pajamas. <laughs> no. I mean, it's... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll look into... I'll call Detour Dan. Yep. He doesn't like me to call him. You know, he's uh, he's a bit of a diva at times, and so maybe I'll uh, I'll call his people and ask if I can call him directly. You, you got to be careful there. That's a great idea. Uh, listen, I don't know why you make me laugh all the time, but you do. Um, so you it's a good why? question. Why? Because I'm awesome. That's, That's true. Uh, awesome. Listen, there's no doubt. And humble. <laughs> and humble. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Gatos. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. All right. That's Gatos. And the Big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, a new STEM program in the East Valley, getting kids interested in the sciences. It is such an – it's just a great way, a great program of what's happening there, trying to get kids interested with hands-on experience. Is this a way to transform and change education to get kids down the road to some of these subjects that we're hiring outside workers to do? That's coming up.